Hi, uh, welcome back to Saturday Night Sleepover with uh, Charlie and Sasha. And uh, okay, so let me fill you in on what's been going on for the last 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> we uh, started a recording of a episode and um, Sasha has a very precious amount of time where uh, there are not kids screaming for her attention. <laughs> and so... Um, we started this episode with a healthy amount of time and, um, and then we had some technical difficulties. So, um, we, uh, are going to try and edit whatever we can from that first recording, but there's like 30 minutes, uh, that we recorded that I'm not sure who can hear what and what can hear who. Um, so here's what we're going to do. We're just going to restart over and, um, try and uh, do the best with what we can before uh, Sasha has to have her attention otherwise. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, the other stuff was good, but because we talked about it, I also I feel this way about like whenever I do things on my social media, I don't like doing reshoots because yeah. it feels unauthentic. Un- un- uh, correct. Yes. So I don't mm-hmm. like redoing reshoots anyways. So if we can piece together what we can, great. If not, maybe we'll talk at the end another time. But the universe just didn't want us to talk about what we were talking about. You know what? That's probably right. <laughs> the universe was just stepping in and saying, Sasha, calm down. You know what's amazing though? Okay. So Friday I became six weeks um, post-op, which meant I can like shower and have sex and it has been a long time of both of those things because before then I had um my gallbladder which was another six weeks so it's been like 12 weeks and like the back-to-back surgeries of getting my abdomen cut into I haven't been able to like really belly laugh you know because mm-hmm. it's really sore and so I've been my laugh has come back I have missed it I'm not doing this weird wheezing like because <laughs> I get <can't laughs> like I remember watching back the first episode. I'm like, I, it looks like I don't think this is funny, but it literally hurt. I can't laugh. So it feels good to, to be able to laugh again. But anyways, on to the next thing. We decided to play Two Truths and a Lie. Yes. Uh, so we thought it would be a fun way for you guys to get to know us. And also, like, that's what you do at a sleepover is you, like, play Two Truths there, Two Truths and a Lie. So we thought we should just try and incorporate that. I love that. You can go first, Charlie. I can't wait to hear it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Unless you want me to go first. I'm horrible at lying, so I'm sure you'll get it right away. Me too. Um, Okay. So I almost joined the Peace Corps in 2012. Um, I joined the Boy Scouts because the Girl Scouts weren't hard enough for me. Um, And I once went to a Bobby McFerrin concert with Obama. Not Mm -hmm. with Obama, but just like we were in the same concert. I want to say... The Obama one, but the lie is that you went to a different concert and Obama was there. That is not, that was true. I went to a Bobby McFerrin concert. The one that was fake was that I uh, joined the Boy Scouts because the Girl Scouts weren't hard enough for me. See, that one felt so real to me. The Peace Corps <laughs> one I knew already just because we were friends then. Like, I already knew that one about you. That was the one I knew for sure. But the mm-hmm. other one was like, that sounds so much like charlie yeah um that's what i was like what can i say that like sounds like me yeah that well i i was a girl scout and i or i still am a girl scout i'm a lifelong member or whatever but uh, i was actually pretty 
heavily involved with Girl Scouts uh, in my late teens. I did uh, a gold award, which is like the same as an Eagle Scout, which is like the highest award you can get. And then I was also selected to be a part of um, like a team of girls, like a, a council of girls that went to a conference where we all voted on like worldwide things that Girl Scouts was doing. And one of those things was selling the recipe. So anytime to their to the cookie. So anytime you see like Thin Mint ice cream or whatever, you can thank me because I voted for that. Nice. I like that. Well, thank you. <laughs> very, very cool. The Peace Corps. I why did it why'd you decide not to join it? Um, so I went through the whole process. Uh I even it was right after college. Um, I, after college, I went and lived with my parents in Washington, DC, cause that's where they had moved while I was in college. So I just moved in with my parents after college. And, um, my mom was one of the people that was like heavily influencing me to sign up for the Peace Corps and which was fine, but like she went so far as to take me to the Peace Corps headquarters in Washington, DC. <laughs> And like forced me to talk to somebody, which was fine. Uh, I did it. Um, and then she was basically just like, well, you have to sign up online. <laughs> so <clears throat> I got all the way through the online process. I think I had like a few more things to go. I either I think I had to like do a physical screening or something and then um, like the interview and then I was going to be good to go. Um, but I just got to that point and I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. And at that point I was like at a crossroads where I could have, I I'd saved up enough money. I'd worked for, um, like, a audio visual company. I did, um, mic lines and lighting and stuff at a hotel down the street, down the street from the white house mm -hmm. where we did like mic lines and lighting and stuff for press releases and galas and things. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, galas? Galas, same thing. Or is it pronounced galas? I don't know. I always said galas. Is it wrong? I've always said galas, but I, I don't I, know. I'm asking if I'm wrong because I have said things wrong quite a bit. <laughs> like it would, uh, it would be li listeners, my... chime in and tell us what is a galas or galas. I don't want to be embarrassed and know that I'm saying it wrong because you're like in DC doing it. So I'm like, holy crap! If I just that doesn't mean I know speaking, anything. Yes, it does. <laughs> it does I'm um i don't i don't know i i truthfully i don't know i doesn't i, 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 I could be saying it wrong i just think i literally used that word last week with one of my fancy friends and i was like what if i said it wrong she just sat there like did you just say that wrong i think i think there's okay maybe like tomato tomato yeah okay let us <laughs> anyway, so I had saved up enough money that I could do quite a few things. Um, and what I chose to do was move to Utah on a whim. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. Because yeah, then I met my husband. Yeah. yeah. It worked out. Anyway. All right. So. So should we do your two truths and a lie? Yes. Go. Um, I was a pageant queen. I won first place at the Science Bowl tournament in high school, and I was arrested as a missionary. Oh, man. Well, each one of these things, no matter what I say, is going to 
be a value judgment on your life. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no uh, well, because if I say, oh, you, it's the science bowl, then I'm like saying you're not smart enough. If it, <laughs> if it's the pageant queen, then I'm saying you're not pretty enough. And then if it's the arrested one, then I'm just assuming that you're... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll tell you. So it's the Science Bowl one. I didn't win first place. I got last oh. place. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was that was a tricky situation I was in. Yeah. So they're all kind of that. So I'm awful at these. I really thought about it all night because whenever I'm on the spot, I cannot think of them. Mm-hmm. And I normally just go with like I'm the oldest of ten siblings, and that's what mostly people that go with because they're like no one has that many siblings. But I think I've talked about it before, and then I was like, well, the best lies are the ones with a little bit of truth. I've been watching a lot of uh, you know, the recruit. So yeah, yeah. did you finish it yet? <laughs> I did. I finished it. I finished it too. And to me, it was like uh, really interesting to watch because uh, first of all. Um, I spent a lot of time in Arizona for the last uh, 10 years because Utah and Arizona are neighbors and um, my husband's grandma lives in in Phoenix. So I was like, oh, yeah, that's a Phoenix neighborhood. (laughs) 100%. And then like and then uh, or like someone got murdered in a Flagstaff uh, gas station. Yeah, that checks out. (laughs) Um, and then, and then like being a young, like I just talked about, I was a young single person in Washington, DC. Um, like, yes, whoever wrote that show spent time as a young single person in DC or did their research because that is exactly what it's like. If you try to date somebody, they're always going to like name drop or all kinds of things to say, Oh, Kevin at the white house. Yeah. Kevin, the white house. (laughs) I, (laughs) I love, loved how realistic it was because I, okay, so I saw Noah on like the recruitment. Okay. So we're talking about the show, the recruit on Netflix Netflix, and it has the Noah guy in it and he just seems like a frat boy. Mm-hmm. Right. I think we talked about last week, just a little recap. Yeah. Um, and I love how realistic it is because, you know, you watch these like CIA, FBI shows and it's like action fast, duh, 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 duh. The, to watch the bureaucracy, to watch him be like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Him like mm-hmm. going, to be, do I fill this out? And they're like, no. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, how do I get things done? They're like, fill out paperwork, ask permission. Um, hold on, I feel like I'm about to cough. Sorry. <clears throat> Sorry, I had something stuck in my throat. Um, anyways, so I just loved how realistic it was, like the bureaucracy side of it, and seeing how like, would- not glamorous that job is. I will tell you that part is spot on too because I currently work for a bureaucracy and the part where it's like everybody has so much work to do they can't help you. Yes, absolutely true. It and I it was I loved how realistic it was. Like mm-hmm. it was it's not like this kid who's just like, "Oh, you know, and we talked about it last week, you know, like all of a sudden I hear now kung fu and boxing and how to shoot a gun and <gasps> okay, how far did you finish? Yeah, I finished it. Okay. Um, so this might be a spoiler alert. Spoiler. I'll try not to like spoil anything. It's just like one specific topic that I don't, it doesn't spoil like the plot line. But mm-hmm. I, in my mind, this is what I think is that they're trying to show that guns are unnecessary because oh. he doesn't have a gun 
And then, Mm -hmm. okay, so this is going to be a little bit of a spoiler. When he was in that safe house Mm -hmm. and he's like, you don't have a gun? He's like, no. And then all of a sudden, like, they get the gun. (laughs) He throws it out the window. I was dead. He was just like, there. (laughs) But, like, as funny as that was, I really feel like they wanted to show, you know, because a lot of people in America are like, let's get guns. Listen, guys, I have... um, a white male husband. So that means we have a lot of guns and mm-hmm. I have been running guns my whole life and totally, you know, you fine. sounded like you just said running guns. Oh, you said around guns, around, around guns. So I'm <laughs> not like, you have I don't know that. No, it's just like, uh, just recently, truly, since I've had kids, my stance on guns has changed because of all the school shootings. So mm-hmm. I really saw that that caught my eye and I really liked the message. I could just be seeing it because it's on my mind and that is my thought process. But the message of, you know, you can survive without a gun. Like this guy's <laughs> literally trying to kill him and he's gone to like Yemen and going across the world, risking his life without a gun this entire time and has managed to survive. So I think that was kind of mm-hmm. like the message that I'm seeing in it that I really liked that like, a gun isn't the main point and that he somehow yeah. managed to stay alive without one. Yeah. Right. But also if you're going to be in the CIA there, you have to believe that there's some sort of boot camp or something that they're going to, that they all learn how to use guns and everything too. So that part of it, I was like, I don't know how realistic this is. Well, he's the lawyer. He's not a CIA agent. He's just a lawyer to like do the logistics of the agency, of the mm-hmm. agency where they're doing it. Cause that took me a while to like realize. And I was like, well, wait, why is he going here and there? And then it clicked about halfway through when it was like, it's too secretive. That's why he had to fly to all these places to get the answers because like it can be intercepted or whatever mm-hmm. with like a phone call or yeah. But when he went to Yemen, like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. I was like, even I knew that was a bad idea, sir. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, let me go to a, oh, she's on a black site in Yemen. Let me just, just go, go there. Let yeah. me just knock on the door. I was like, and why are you walking around in a suit, dude? Can you put a bigger target on your back than walking around in a suit looking <laughs> like an agent? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> or a missionary. <laughs> oh, wait. Okay. Oh, yeah. So tell me about how you got arrested on your mission. So that was a little bit tricky too. I was set apart as a missionary. I was literally, okay, the story gets everyone. It's a great story to tell. Uh, set apart as a missionary. Um, the day before I'm supposed to get on the plane to go to the MTC, the missionary training center to start my mission, two cops are at my door knocking on my mm-hmm. door. And they're like, we have a warrant for Sasha's arrest. My mom's like, oh, she's not here because my mom's freaking baller. She's amazing. She's like, doesn't even phase. Two cops in the door, I'm like, for your daughter. I don't know where she is. What can I help you with? We have a warrant. Oh, okay. I'll let you know if I see her. I'm like upstairs. So <laughs> she's like calm, you know, like she's amazing. Anyways. So I, she, we call my stake president who was our family attorney at the time to get it all figured out. He calls them. It's because I had an unpaid ticket from when I left for Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So I cut in front of the cop, like I switched lanes. I cut in front of him. I didn't know that. I don't think I cut in front of him. I think I just went in front of him. Mm -hmm. Um, And he pulled me over. I got a ticket. I gave my mom the money to pay for it. And then I left for Hawaii because like all the court dates and all that and to pay for it. It would take a while. Yeah, I was going to be in Hawaii. 
Um, she forgot because she had very small children. And I think she had a newborn at that time. Yeah, I think your mom was pregnant when we were in Hawaii. Yeah. So she had like two newborns and two little kids and pregnant. And also I was 18 years old and I should just mail them myself. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. Or checked up on it. So it had been years. And that was the only reason why. Isn't that a lame reason? But they still weren't looking for me. So I had to go the next day. They legit put me in handcuffs, like around the waist and my hands Mm -hmm. and on my ankles. I could not believe it. And they had me in the holding cell before Oh my gosh. Like legit. So the night before I did like all the extra courses and I'm sitting there with all the criminals and I'm like in my skirt and stuff. And so my attorney is like, goes up to the judge and is like, listen, like here's her plane ticket showing that I'm leaving in literally two hours. Mm -hmm. I know flight. here's her mission call. And like, here's, um, she did the eight hour course online. She paid the fee, all these different things. She paid it. He's like, please just let her go. And the judge was like, I am a judge and I can do whatever I want. Oh boy. I'm just going to let you go. Have a good time on your mission. That was it. Nice. Super, super lucky. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. That, That um, helped a lot of people like me on my mission because they, they saw sister missionaries or missionaries in general. They're like, you guys are just like stuck up people. And I was like, I was arrested as a missionary yesterday, yesterday. And they were just like, no. And I was like, yeah. They're like, oh, I didn't know church people could be cool. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> it was a paperwork issue, but still I'm cool. I'm cool. Yeah. But uh, the pageant queen thing, I was eight years old and I did, um, the powwow has a pageant every mm-hmm. year and I won and I was very oh. proud of myself because I was eight and I beat all the wow. big kids. If Scarlett is any indication of what you looked like when you were eight years old, I can see why. Oh, thank you. It was because they asked me a really difficult question because mm-hmm. uh, it's really, okay, small town, so, you know, people will still go up and, and talk about it to my mom and be like, I remember- oh. When she was eight years old, and they asked her this question, they said a word I didn't even know what that word meant, and she answered mm-hmm. it. So I got to go and spend the year representing my nation, and that was actually pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. And then the science bowl was because I, you know, I just lost last place. <laughs> I got cocky. I thought I knew because I did the science bowls in my other school, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna crush it, and I did at the other one. But this one was, um, I got cocky. Like I really thought because my dad had is a carpenter. So my science bowl thing was you had to build a bridge and uh-huh. had to only have one side uh, connected to a table and the other side had to hold a bucket and they had to pour sand in it. And whichever bridge could hold the most amount of sand won. Uh-huh. So that was my thing. And I got cocky because I was like, oh, like my grandpa's a carpenter. My dad's a carpenter. I've been working with tools and building things my entire life. This has a math thing, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I could just build it. I don't need to mm-hmm. think about it. I, could, I was going to build the strongest one. And mm-hmm. it had the way less. Um, they put one drop of sand and it just crumbled. It fell apart. It didn't oh, no. last. It was embarrassing. Um, do you want to know something that is a weird, uh, what is it called? Coincidence? Yes, tell me. Um, I was homeschooled, so I didn't really do the science fair. But uh, in the seventh grade, I did do a science fair. And you want, want to know what my project was? Was it the Was it the bridge? It wasn't bridges, it was joists, but I did the same thing. I took uh, small pieces of wood and I built joists and whichever one broke first was the one that was 
the weakest, and then whichever one broke last was the strongest. And it was which joist is just right. <laughs> Charlie, we're soul sisters. I know we had the same thought because I was like, well, because uh, my homeschool, my parents just kind of like built or bought this house from the 1800s and was like, it was like an old hotel. And they were like, okay, you guys have to build this hotel as your homeschool. And so, um, yeah, I, they didn't teach. I mean, I was supposed to teach myself or whatever, but I didn't get taught like <laughs> things about history or whatever, but I can wire plug and use a tape measure and all kinds of stuff. So that's cool. I, it wasn't, as uh, like a science fair. You had to sign up to be on the science team to mm-hmm. the science bowl. And the only reason why I did it was because I had my heart set on going to Harvard. Like, and that's oh. why I went to private school. So I like sent in all my applications. I like told my family, like, I want to go to this private school because I want to go to Harvard. And then I got into this private school, bless my parents for paying for it. And for the nation for helping pay for it. And so then I did every single extracurricular activity I could. I did mm-hmm. the science school. I did um, a diversity club. And then I got voted to represent my specific school in the diversity club for all the schools in our area. I That's did cool. sports, basketball. I did literally everything just for me to have to leave halfway through my senior year for being bullied. And then oh, I know. Yeah. So then I got my diploma from public school, which is nothing wrong with that, with the pub. Obviously, I have no problem with it. It was more like this was my goal my whole life was to mm-hmm. go to an Ivy League school. And yeah. To go to Harvard. Like I even went to Harvard. I met because they have a um, like a Native American. Um, I want to say club, like a help center. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. And I like even got the. Um, director to write me recommendation to send in with my application and my dad I'm a legacy my dad went there so with all these things the mm-hmm. private school the extracurricular the sports the recommendation from the director and being a legacy like I was so sure I was going to get in I also don't know if I got in because um, I never saw the rejection letter so I'm holding on to the hope I think that's why my mom did it so my mom threw it away she said that I didn't get in and threw it away she didn't want to see me sad um, mm-hmm. so either she really wanted me to go to BYU Hawaii and told me <laughs> and lied or she really didn't and just didn't want me to see it and let me live with this hope for the rest of my life. So I'm going to go with hope. And that yeah. she. <laughs> well, you know, if it makes you feel better, um, BYU Hawaii uh, has a, the same acceptance rate as uh, Harvard for um, people from the mainland. That does make me feel better because I actually didn't apply until like April mm-hmm. to get in. And I, my mom had to call the director of admissions because Uh-oh. I was like so upset that I didn't get into Harvard. I got into all these other schools, but I was so set on that one. And then she's like, you should just go to BYU. Cause I refused to apply to BYU schools. I'm like, no, I'm going to Harvard. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, it was a whole hot, it was a whole thing. Like the, the fact that I got bullied out of school, like truly was just awful. Experience. Like it was just, crap on top of crap on top of crap and so my mom was just a freaking saint and she's like I'm gonna make this better this year better for my daughter I'm gonna make whatever she wants happen because I didn't apply and so she called the director of admissions at BYU and at BYU Hawaii told them what mm-hmm. happened told them like obviously all my all my stuff and 
I got into both and my mom was like, you get to pick now which one. And I was like, oh, I'm going to Hawaii. Peace out, Girl Scout. <laughs> so I mean, like, isn't that my mom's baller? Isn't she just the ballerist? Like, she's like, I'm going to call and I'm going to make this happen for you. I am. That's, you didn't even really apply. Sweet. I'm going to call and you're going to get in without even applying. Yeah, that's really sweet. Yeah, just to make it better because it was a sucky year, but yeah. But then you met me, so it wasn't that bad. Oh my gosh, of course not. It's seriously <laughs> one of the best things ever. And oh, by the way, Carly. So we've talked about Carly before. She mm-hmm. listens, which I love. Hi, Carly. I love you. Hi, Carly. And she said, you. she'll send me a text just randomly, no context mm-hmm. of what we say. So like she works nights. So I'll wake up at like three in the morning and she like quoted, she's like, uh, Car- in quotes, Carly was probably there. I didn't go anywhere without her. <laughs> <laughs> that that so it from from the word of Carly herself that is a true statement. <laughs> I was like I'm a stage five flinger. I go even if you're busy, I just sit there and wait for you like a dog sitting next to my my owner, being like, "Are we ready yet? Are you ready yet? <laughs> is it time to go? I want to go outside and play." <laughs> So, yeah. Anyways, that was that story. Yeah, um, the same thing happens to me with Victoria. Hi. Hi, Victoria. <laughs> I love that she comments, too. She's, like, our number one groupie fan, and I love that so much. Like, it's amazing, the support. Uh, yeah, if you guys saw, um, if you guys see a comment on one of our things that says, uh, I'm in the bathtub shaving my legs right now. That's the late, latest one I've seen. <laughs> That's the best. Oh, Update, guys. I did post that video. <laughs> Which of, one? Of Jared to get him a date. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did. I was trying to troll for um, followers in your comment section. <laughs> I need to do another update video on him, but I wanted to, like, actually get him on the video. He was fine with it, by the way. He was a good sport. Because mm-hmm. I, like... So we're talking about uh, the double... Uh, Love is double blind that... Sasha is doing with her friend trying to find him, him up and find him love and mm-hmm. the amount of comments oh my gosh it's amazing the amount of comments are like he's so hot like I wish I could see his face while reading them and just blush I'm like I'm blushing for you dude like way mm-hmm. to go you're so, doing it you're doing it like they don't need to be nervous so I'm just I there's only one downfall he has one flaw what's that he doesn't use Stanley Cups. He only uses Yetis and refuses to even try it. And I'm like, that's a frat boy move, man. <laughs> Maybe when we get him wiped up, you'll, you'll see. Stanley Cups is the way to go. Superior. Superior. But yeah, I thought it was pretty funny and i need to do an update video because they're like yeah why don't you tell us about him or and what he wants and i was like you know what that's a good point because all i talked about was how i wanted a new friend (laughs) yeah (laughs) because sasha has is uh has one mission and that's to get a new friend they're like so what what is he looking for how old is he (laughs) i was like oh yeah basic information basic information that would help me with my cause Actually, tell me about yourself. I, I'm more interested in that. I was like, only requirement, Um, you have to be 30. 
because all of the guys in this friend group married women at least two years older than them. Like at least. Oh, yeah. So interesting. all the wives are 30 or like about like the youngest. Her name's Brandy. Her birthday's um, in two weeks. She's about to turn 30 and mm-hmm. her husband is 28. Mm-hmm. So we're all 30. We're all older than our husbands. So I thought we would just kind of keep the vibe of older wives. Older wives. Right. I'm I, I am too. I, I'm really proud of them. Like for real, for, to have these guys break the norm instead of mm-hmm. marrying someone who's like 20, they mm-hmm. went with someone older. I like, I like breaking the stereotype. I do too. Mm-hmm. So that's the update. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. What else is on your list? Um, so I had the two truths and a lie, the recruit, and then I had, um, I didn't, if we had time, the project, Oh, you know what? Let's do, am I the, um, am I the asshole? Cause already. Yeah. Oh, how? Okay. Just because of time. Um, cause the Okay. Is- so, uh, one of the feedbacks we got from a listener is that, um, we should do something fun to exit the show. So, um, this is what our, what we've come up with is we're going to read a, am I the asshole thread on, um, Reddit and then, uh, decide whether you're the asshole or not. I did not read this because we decided right before the podcast. And um, so it's. So it, this is fresh for both of us. Fresh, yes. It says, Am I an asshole for bringing up my brother's premature birth at Christmas dinner to get my parents to shut up? Oh. I'm a nurse practitioner and I am the primary care provider for a lot of the low risk maternity cases at the practice where I work. I also work hand in hand with the doctors and midwives to create a healthy maternity birth and postpartum situation. My fiance is completing her residency. We live together and have uh, and have for a few years now. We aren't in any hurry to get married. We originally had plans to do so a couple of years ago, but then we got really busy for two years. It is, uh, it is driving my very religious parents crazy that their youngest son is living in sin. I don't really care. I'm an adult and I do what I want. We're getting married in June. So we are visiting my parents for Christmas. The way it came together this year, everyone is at my parents' house. So that's my folks, my three siblings, myself, and fiance, and seven grandchildren, so 17 people. At dinner, my mom starts going on about how she is so glad that we are finally getting married and she won't be embarrassed at church anymore. And my dad says how proud he is of his three older kids who are all either waited to get married, oh, who all either waited to get married before moving in together or got married right away after moving in together. My fiance was getting embarrassed and I was getting mad over the stupid argument we had had too many times and a family dinner was the last straw. I have asked them repeatedly to just accept that they cannot control how I live my life. I refuse to stay with them when I visit, even when I come alone. Hotels are just easier. So I started talking about a premature baby I had been reading about. It was almost three months premature and weighed about 1.6 pounds. It was super strong and healthy for being born so little in the NICU and had high hopes for the baby doing well. My mom and dad both got deer in the headlight looks in their face. Too bad. Should not have effed around with my fiance's feelings. I respect that. So I asked my oldest brother. He was born. So I asked about my oldest brother. He was born almost almost four months premature. Is there a chance that we could check out the family album where we keep all the records of family births and stuff? I already know my brother was over nine pounds and almost 23 inches long when he was born. My grandmother told me all about it 
the first time my parents tried to shame me. Oh, grandma's the best. Oh, I understand what's happening here. The subject gets changed very fast. After supper, my parents told me that I should not try to embarrass them with private things that are not their concern. I told them that if I heard anything about my living arrangements ever again for the rest of my life, I would make sure to keep bringing up the fact that my mom was in her second trimester when they got married. My parents are mad at me for telling them how to behave in their own home, but my fiance is happy that they seem to be off the subject for good. Am I the asshole? No. I already already decided. I had the same thing happen to me. I moved in with my husband before we were married, and my mom called me every day and told me we were going to hell for a whole year. And I, no. I totally feel you, dude. Yes. Thank you for doing that. You are a warrior. I'm so sorry that happened. It's okay. It happens. I. That's what happens when you have religious extremist parents have really I did not read this beforehand so I did not pick this out of bias but this is something I feel very strongly about because I grew up with religious parents but unconditional love parents like there's nothing like yes would my parents prefer if my siblings or I did xyz of course they would mm-hmm. prefer it, but it doesn't mean they don't love them or shame them. Like, like, so my brother, um, there's nothing wrong with this. I hope people know that I don't feel this way either. My brother's wife was pregnant before they got married. And mm-hmm. people were like, well, what did your mom say when, when she found out that you, that you guys were pregnant? And this was obviously before they got married. And my mom was just like overjoyed. You know, she's mm-hmm. like, I'm so happy, a grandbaby, my first grandbaby. Yay. Do you know? And that like, oh my gosh, my life is over. It's such a shame. Right. And I'm and so like then they're calling me and I was like, oh, I'm so excited. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, mm-hmm. I don't understand how you could your your child, especially now that I'm a parent, I truly don't understand it because I'm like, this is your child. They're happy. That's what mm-hmm. matters. Yeah. Well, I think it I think it comes down to um a lot of churches say put put uh family first and then put God second or whatever, but I think it uh has like an undertone of actually put this religion first and then put your family and I think it just depends on which person picks the undertone and which person actually mm-hmm. follows what they said. Yeah, the religious culture because it's and let's read a comment. Okay. It says, NTA, I absolutely love this. My own judgy grandmother pretended to be oh so moral in the old-fashioned sense. My father accidentally revealed that she was pregnant when she got married to my grandfather. That was incorrect. She wasn't pregnant at all. My oldest uncle was about seven months old when they got married. (laughs) (laughs) And why couldn't they get married sooner? My grandfather had to get divorced from his first wife. Uh It's often the people with most things to hide who enjoy who enjoy judging others for things that are none of their business. Yeah, that's a good perspective. I also feel like I also have a struggle because I don't understand what it's like being in that situation um, because my parents loved me unconditionally. Like that wouldn't happen. But at the same time, like, I don't know why he keeps bringing his fiance around. I don't know. Does he mean like it just seems bad? 
like it breaks my heart at the same time. And it's like when you're putting you and your fiance through a lot of pain every time because they're bringing up sin, like, do you get, do you get what I'm saying? Well, I mean, I think from being in that position, um, my perspective is, is that it's still someone that you love that you plan on spending the rest of your life with. So Mm -hmm. you want your family to get to know this person, whether or not they agree with your life choices. So when do you get to know your family's significant other, usually at family gatherings and holidays? And so um, I would still bring them around because it was important to me that they got to know him and like saw like we are like really in love and this is actually happening. But it was always just uncomfortable and we had to accept that it was uncomfortable because of the way that they felt and not necessarily anything that we could change already. And my mom, my mom uh, actually, (laughs) so uh, my parents, they sold that house that I helped build at this time that I was living with, my husband before we were married and um, they, so in selling that house, they had, they decided they wanted to move to Oregon and I was living in Utah at the time. So it's on the way to Oregon. So they were like, Hey, we're going to bring you the rest of your stuff. And so they brought me the rest of my stuff and um, they uh, even refused to go in the parking lot of uh, the apartment complex that I lived in because they um, felt so strongly that they didn't even want anything to do with it. It was like they spent five minutes with me. They, uh, it was like such a shame for them that my my choices were such a shame for them that they didn't even really want to see me or uh, spend any time with me. So they just um, dropped myself off and moved on on the road. And then they blamed it on they had a tight schedule or whatever, but they're retired. So... That's not the case. Uh, it just wasn't a priority for them to spend time with me, which is really sad. But I mean, it's a choice that they made that like too bad. I I have a really happy marriage and you didn't have anything to do with the beginning of it because of your biases. So I'm so sorry, Charlie. That's my heart is is breaking and. I want you to know that I love you no matter what. No, thanks. I love, I you, love you too. And I know that's not ever going to fill that. I'm so sorry. My kids are knocking on the door. They just <laughs> got home. I feel so bad. They're- no, it's totally fine. I, 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 I've worked in a therapeutic environment. I moved on. Nobody think that I'm like uh, living in this place of depression all the time. But no, that is the key. We, were, we need to... Um, wrap up this conversation for today. We will uh, open it again later. Well, I just want to say I love you and I think you're amazing. And you know what? You know how to love unconditionally and that's the key to everything. Hi, beautiful girls. Okay. We'll see you guys next week. See you next week. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.